Nightlife with Philip Clark on ABC Radio. Joining us for a look at movies and film this week is uh, Wen Lee Ma, TV and film critic with news.com.au. Wen Lee, good evening. Welcome back to Nightlife. Hi. Great to have you with us. Uh, okay, Perry Mason. Uh, now, older listeners will remember the Perry Mason TV show, of course, the TV crime drama from way back then. So then we've got an interesting one called Cocaine Bear and then The Mandalorian <laughs> Season 3. Ah, oh, dear, these are fun offerings. Okay, Perry Mason. Now, this is, based, this is based on the original 1950s and 60s TV crime drama of the same name. It was a very, well, it was a big TV show at the time. It was, and it starred Raymond Burr as uh, the lawyer who basically knew everything and could outwit and outsmart everyone in the courtroom. Um, I actually went back and watched a few episodes a few years ago when the Perry, the modern day, Hmm. well, not a modern day version of it, but the new series of it started in, uh, it was like the first lockdown in 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm watching, I, I intended to watch like one or two episodes of the Raymond Burr series, and I think I ended up watching like six or seven. Yes. They were so bingeable. I know, I know. Yeah, he, well, well, he was very good, wasn't he, in the role? Yeah, yeah, it was very good. Such great presence, and I totally see why it ran for so long. Um, but I was really excited about this new iteration of it, which is a prequel. So it's set in the 1920s in the post-interwar uh, era, really, in Los Angeles, really, when all those best film noir crime dramas were set. Oh, yeah. And you've got Perry Mason here as... Um, as someone who, you know, not yet the lawyer he is destined to become, and he's so it's a, it's a kind of origin story of where yeah, Pe- where, yes. where Perry came from, is it? Where Perry came from, and uh, it's extru- And so they did the first season and had one long story, and it had like Tatiana Maslany and uh, John Lithgow in it, and it was really like I loved it. I thought the production was so good, mm. and I kind of forgot about it for a while, and then all of a sudden Perry Mason season two. I was like, oh, my God, it's been like three years. I'm so excited for this to come back. And I watched a few of the eps, and I was like, yes, this is what I wanted because I, I do love a film noir. Like, I love, you know, Raymond Chandler's stories. I love watching Humphrey Bogart do his thing on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And this feels to me is very much in that world. It's all sultry jazz and femme fatales and, you know, everyone in the city and the structure within the system is corrupt and needs to be taken down or exposed. But at the same time, there's like this fatalism and the cynicism and nihilism that this is just the way of the world and the best you could do is survive. So Perry, Perry's a down-and-out kind of like he's a down-and-out gumshoe, isn't he? Yeah, and but he's in this season he's just sort of become a lawyer. He's qualified. He's got his own, you know, one-man oh, practice. Oh, okay, right. And uh, he, um, you know, thought he could steer away from criminal cases because of the trauma of what happened in the first season. He's doing all these civil cases, but really what he's destined to do, these criminal cases, it pulls him back in when these two um, kids from a Mexican background become accused of killing like the scion of a very prominent Los Angeles family. I mean, they're clearly being set up to be patsies and there's a lot more going on, you know, things to do with lots of money and this land and the city. Um, and it's just exactly in that mould of like these, these delicious film noirs. Mm. Interesting. Okay, so this is a bit from the trailer for the show. So few people have control over their own fate. You just hope that whoever's got you out there will be compassionate. Game ain't never gonna be fair. Not for us down here. 
in the effort. Yes. There's power in the truth. Guilty or not, everyone deserves a defense. There is no true justice. There's only the illusion of justice. No, no, no. The fantasy that truth always prevails. You're not ready for another murder trial. Maybe I like stacked odds. Yeah, well, you can't get another Raymond Burr. So who, who's playing Perry Mason here? It's Matthew Reese, who's the Welsh actor who's been in a bunch of things, but very notably he uh, was on The Americans, which, of course, is one of the best dramas oh, of the past who, who 20 was years. He, who was he in The Americans? He, oh, he, he was, was Philip. He was Philip. Okay, <laughs> yeah. right, good. Philip yes. Jennings. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, that's not a bad fit. Yeah, it's a great fit. He did <laughs> such a good job in that first season as well, so I'm so excited that it's back. Mm, all right. Perry Mason, season two. It's streaming on uh, Binge and Foxtel. Um, you don't need Foxtel. You can just get it on Binge. You'd have to. Yeah, you can just get it on Binge. binge yeah. Okay. Stars for it? What do you reckon? Uh, four, four and a half. Okay. Really? Okay. All right. Good stuff. Now, this sounds like fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I first saw the trailer, well, the ads for that, I couldn't believe they were making a film about this. But anyway. <laughs> I, and then I did see, when I was watching another film in the cinema, I saw a trailer for it, and I thought, what? <laughs> anyway, it's called Cocaine Bear, and the setup appears to be a big black bear in the forest uh, unintentionally eats a large amount of cocaine. And, <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, and they put money into making a film about this. But anyway, <laughs> by, all ac- by all accounts, by all accounts, it works. What did you think? I, I, it really worked for me, and th- I mean that is the setup, and that is the whole movie. Um, actually, Matthew Reese has a small cameo at the f- beginning as the drug smuggler whose plane is going down, and he throws all this cocaine overboard, uh, and it lands somewhere in the wilderness in Tennessee in the states, uh-huh. and a bear comes along and <laughs> eats a lot of this cocaine, and uh, ends up going on a rampage because you know the question as they ask in the trailer in the movies, what happens if a two hundred and thirty kilo bear does a lot of cocaine it's a it's billed as a horror comedy it's (laughs) not very scary there's definitely a lot of bodies and limbs flying around Mm -hmm. uh, lots of gore and blood but like very so heightened and comical that at no point do you think that you know it's real in any way although ironically it is based on a true story really what this actually happened some of it happened. The cocaine and the bear. What you mean? Happened. There was there was drug smuggling in the US. There was I mean. drug smuggling. There was a plane coming up from Colombia, um, and the cocaine was like hefted overboard, and a bear did come across it and did eat it. But all that happened in real life is that it the, they found the bear. I think several weeks later, it was already dead, and it had all this cocaine through its system, and it was mm. like next to some of this, these drugs. In the real story, there are no recorded incidents of the bear going on a rampage or there being any human victims uh, and also the real life bear was about 79 kilos which is about oh, my maths isn't great but i think like a third of the size of the movie bear mm. uh does it have a does it have a writer saying no animals were injured in the making of this film <laughs> the bear was cgi <laughs> so it was all good and there's some very cute cubs as well um but it's got a really fun cast kerry russell the other half of the americans she is in it along with margot martindale who was also in The Americans. So it's a bit of an Americans reunion, which I'm always in support of. Uh, Ray Liotta, it was one of his very last on-screen roles before he died last year. Uh, you've got 
um, yeah, like Isaiah Whitlock Jr., just a really good cast, really fun. You can't take it too seriously because it is what it is. And in some ways, the bear is kind of like, you know, Ghostface running around after the Scream Kids. Uh-huh. So it's kind of what it says. So, so it's, it's kind of horror, but you don't think that's scary. I don't think it's scary. I think it is really funny. If I had any quibble with it, it's that I actually, there were times when I'm like, oh, it's been about like seven or eight minutes since we've had a death. Maybe oh. they need to, <laughs> I was like, maybe there needs to be more maybe. bodies. <laughs> I'm getting it. This is a, uh, this will give you, this clip will give you a bit of a taste of it. Millions of dollars worth of cocaine fell from the sky this morning in Knoxville, Tennessee. There's more this out there. They dumped it somewhere. I'm looking for my daughter. Forest is a dangerous place. Hey, Henry, check it out. Something got into it. A deer, maybe. A lot of cocaine was lost. I need you to go and get it. No, 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 don't eat that, don't eat that. Let's see what kind of effect that has on the The bear did cocaine. A bear did cocaine. It's kind of, it's kind of, <laughs> it's, it's kind of so, <laughs> so out there that you can, um, that it's funny. Yeah, it's a really honest movie. It's not <laughs> like it is so upfront with you about what it is. Uh, um, how are we rating this? Uh, three out of five. Three Solid, out of five. good fun, nothing deeper going on. Okay. All right. The, it's called Cocaine Bear. It's in cinemas at the moment. And The Mandalorian season three streaming on Disney+. Plus. What's this? Yeah, this is a Star Wars show. So this was the first Star Wars streaming series off the rank when Disney Plus launched and it was like their big kind of signature piece. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the character is, uh, you know, based off the Mandalorian, well, I guess it's not a race, but a creed of people from the Star Wars movies. Uh, he It's set after the original trilogy um, and it's, you know, a big kind of pop cultural moment because this is the TV series that introduced us to baby Yoda who is so cute so cute it's got like little old man Benjamin Button hair but also at the same time it's a baby uh, which we now know that baby Yoda's name is Grogu and I feel like baby Yoda became such a big sensation when the first season of The Mandalorian came out Um, and for a while it was very much esteemed as the best Star Wars show but I think what's interesting is that in the time since the most recent season and it's been about two years and some change uh, you know, Disney put out some other Star Wars shows, and one of them was Andor, which really changed the game of what could be a Star Wars show because Star Wars is obviously really beloved, but I think for fans who are not so steeped in that whole world, it can sometimes be a little distancing because it's got all this mythology and lore around, you know, the Force and Jedis and stuff. And Andor came along and said, actually, here is a Star Wars show that is basically a political thriller that is gritty and grimy and grounded and you don't have to know about Star Wars to really enjoy it. And all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, this is a really, really good show, which I think kind of changes the conversation around The Mandalorian. It's like, how does The Mandalorian come along afterwards and then go, how do we kind of match that with Andor? But really, I think it doesn't have to. They're very, very different shows. Um, the Mandalorian is very quintessentially Star Wars. They've got all these references and Easter eggs to the entire universe that if you're a super fan, you would pick up and you go, oh my God, this is related to that thing with this thing. Um, I'm a passing Star Wars fan, so I'm like, I, I know the world, but I, I can't pick up on all the minute details. Um, but it's just, 
you, I for because I this was the question I had in my head. I was like, how do I watch this now in a post Andor world? And then I went, oh, you know what? This is so different in tone, in vibe, and in spirit. It, the two are almost not related. Mm. Okay, this is uh, a bit from it. In this scene, Grief Karga from the Bounty Hunters Guild tries to convince the Mandalorian of a sweet deal. Now, as I was saying, there's a beautiful parcel available right down here by the flats. I appreciate the offer, but I have some matters to look after. Well, I'm confused. I thought you had completed your mission, but you're still running around here with the same little critter. It's complicated. I completed my quest. He returned to me. I removed my helmet, and now I'm an apostate. Which is all the more reason for you to stay here with us. Mm, all right. Okay. It's fun. Yeah. And I really like that relationship between Mando and Baby Yoda because, I mean, I think um, Pedro Pascal, who plays the Mandalorian, who is, of course, also in The Last of Us right now, is really uh, cementing his reputation as, you know, someone who uh, has to ferry a, a vulnerable parcel across a dangerous landscape on a quest. Yeah. Okay, stars? Uh, three and a half out of five. Three and a half out of five? Okay. All right. Cocaine beer. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Uh, Wendley, great to talk as always. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast. For more great conversations about the issues that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au slash nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife.